Talk Show is brought to you by... Hey, want to feel young again? Are you tired, run down, have aches and pains, brain fog? This is science-based, not hype or fancy marketing. It really works. Carbon-60 helps detoxify your body on the cellular level. It stabilizes free radicals, just like the antioxidants found in red wine and berry stew, but on a far smaller, more bioavailable nanoscale. It's like a bottle of electrons, helping your body to function better. You can also apply it on your skin, topically, over muscles, joints, or organs. Most people feel results within minutes. This is not a drug. It's organic carbon. Feel better today. About 95% of our users report more energy and clarity of mind within 10 days. Give us a call at Greska's Carbon 60 at 720-600-6040 or visit our site at c-60.com. Call 720-600-6040 and feel young again. back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, with your host, Hurricane Age, new day, new show, awesome topic, a topic of life, topic of, uh, you, you know, just how to cope with things and uh, potentially get better. And uh, we all can use some of that. And uh, it's not enough discussion. And no matter how many times we listen to this topic, we can just use more of it because it keeps us in check. And um, every story comes in with some more validity to us and hopefully get us into the right direction, no matter what we're going through in life, I think it's always an important piece to recheck sometimes. And my guest today is going to give us a whole bunch of that stuff as he is a life coach, but not only he is a life coach, he's also someone who's been to the extreme and back and uh, in every shape and form that you probably could imagine. And you're, you're probably going to be like, what the hell is Hurricane talking about today? But you will find out in a minute. So without any further ado, I have with me Daniel Spencer. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, okay. Thanks a lot for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, no, my my pleasure, man. My pleasure. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to today. And uh, because your story is, is uh, again, uh, another unique story. I mean, you don't hear this stuff every day and uh, your struggles and what you had to go through um, and got you where you are today. And, and only that you're helping people today. And I always Absolutely. admire people who have gone through, and I think everybody's probably gone through some level of hardship in their lives some sometimes you know they keep it to themselves some they take that and bring it back to the surface and share with others so they can hopefully help you know the rest of us you know uh not fall in the same place or, or you know, maybe avoid getting through that same process that is very hard brutal you know just just not not in a good place to be so so daniel let's talk about you first your story yeah. and how it all started before you even became a life coach and you do, you are actually, um, you have a specialty that is dangerous. <laughs> so, so, yes. so we're going to talk about all that and everything that happened to get you to where you are today. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, all yours, man. So, so give, give us the good stuff. Where did it start and how, how bad it got before you got to today? So I think, um, when it all started, so first, yeah, first of all, uh, by trade, I'm a power lineman. I, specialize in splicing high low voltage cables in the underground utility um and that started uh i've been doing that for almost 20 years I'm gonna be there 20 years and kind of 
before that, it was just kind of lost. You know, I, I grew up and my parents divorced when I was in junior high school and not having somebody there, like the house just broke apart. Uh, my dad was a blue collar worker. My mom was a stay at home mom. And once they split up, my dad left and my mom had to work two jobs. And I just kind of found myself alone and seeking comfort in, you know, not the best people with the best habits. And I started getting into marijuana use really when I was about 13 and went through high school, had a bunch of friends, but still had a a whole lot of self-doubt because I gained a weight. Growing up, I was, I was a chubby kid, uh, second string on the football team, low self-confidence. You know, people would talk crap. So I would try and always make jokes, you know, if they're going to laugh with me, they they won't laugh at me first type of deal. And that kind of got me into trouble in school. And after high school, I just kind of always kept that vice of drinking and smoking weed and not being able to really land a good job right after high school. I, I lost the motivation for college, like in my junior year, from just being comfort, uh, finding the comfort in, in marijuana, right? It just totally killed my ambition and my uncle who was in the uh in the power line trade and power line trade he showed me an opportunity to take a class after after hours and so me i went my cousin my brother and i we would go every wednesday or thursday night once a week and we'd go to downtown la and sit in this class that made us eligible for a test with the city so we did it and took the test and then I just kind of did the same thing, right? Dead end jobs. And then after two years, I finally got a call and they said, Hey, we want to hire you for the position as a groundman. So I did that and the marijuana use stopped right away because I had to um, hold a commercial driver's license. But up to that point, I was even selling, I was selling weed, uh, actually got me into some trouble. I almost went to jail for quite a long time. Uh, I was caught one night with uh, a pound in my car. And uh, luckily, um, luckily the cop that pulled me over, you know, he gave me a chance. And that was probably my first opportunity of really trying to change my life around. But 19 years old, hard-headed, didn't learn my lesson. I ended up going home that night. I didn't go to jail at all. I went to I went home with a a ticket for possession over an ounce. But like I said, I didn't learn my lesson, and I, I engaged in the same activities, the same habits. The drinking increased, uh, but yeah, once I got hired with the city, it it was different. I had met my who was not my wife. I've been married nineteen and a half years. I met my wife probably a year, six months before that, and. That she was my guiding light. You know, she she gave me the purpose of what my my life is now. Uh, she, we met right away, and right away we fell in love. And after maybe a year, she said, uh, "I want to have your, I want to have your kid. I want to have a baby with you." And up to that point, I didn't want kids at all. I was like, "Why am I going to bring a kid into this life that I have no control over?" But 
you know, when, when, when you're called into acting for, from, from above, it's just, it takes over. And I muttered out uh, a mumbled yes. And that was it. Um, she got pregnant. We got married. And at this point, I had just started my new career. And once I got hired and I had to give up the weed, uh, the drinking increased. Right? The drinking increased and the paychecks were good. So we'd eat out and indulge in foods and more alcohol for myself. And I started gaining a bunch of weight there. And after, over the course of about three or four years, uh, I gained 100 pounds. I gained 100 pounds working there, dealing with stress and, you know, like past pains in, in the most negative way, which is seeking comfort in food and alcohol. Um, it, it took a huge toll on my relationship, on my job, uh, which is physically demanding. And I promoted in, in the career, I promoted from a groundman to an apprentice and it was my close to the end of my apprenticeship in 2011, August, 2011, I was electrocuted. I was electrocuted with 2,700 volts. I got third degree burns on my leg and, and it scared me, you know, it scared me. I didn't want to go back to doing what I was doing, but I needed to complete this apprenticeship because of the pain increase. And I had a second child by then my son and there's ways to um, deal with it. Like we have um, therapies. We have an employee assistance program, which offers counseling and stuff for traumas for anything. And I didn't take advantage of it. And I sought the comfort in more alcohol, which was, you know, it was like a habit that I had seen growing up and a habit that was just easy to try and deal with it, you know? And and after one night, I had this realization that this is going to ruin your life. I was at a Super Bowl party, and I had my kids with me, and I was drinking all day. And at the end of the night, instead of calling my wife to come pick us up, I drove home. You know, I strapped the kids in the car, drove home. And I was sitting there in front of my house with another drink. And it, yeah, it just hit me, you know, like, man, what are you doing? Um, my wife didn't work at the time. She was a stay-at-home mom. You have a good career. You have a beautiful, healthy family. And you're risking it every day because for what? Because you can't handle your, it's my self-control, first of all. You know, my, my, my willpower, my confidence was low because now I was even more unhappy about myself, my weight the way I looked, my performance at work. <clears throat> uh, so the next, the next day I checked myself into a substance abuse program and uh, that was 12 and a half years ago. So I've been sober 12 and a half years off of this realization and finally listening to my conscience because I would tell myself all the time, man, you need, you need to quit drinking. I'd wake up in the morning with a hangover, feel like crap and full of regret wondering what I said last night or why is my wife mad at me now? You know, because I would, I would drink till, till I blacked out and I'd find myself waking up in the middle of the living room floor with a warm beer can or, you know, 
my half drinking mixer. So that was rough, you know. And once I finally checked myself into this program, it was it was definitely eye opening hearing some of the stories from the other people that were in there getting treatment. And I was like, man, you these some of these people are way off, way way more worse off than you are, and like. I mean, I had had to tell myself in there again, like you're you're just you're just being a punk. You know, you're making all the excuses on why you can't lose weight, on why you can't stop drinking. So I did, and I changed my eating habits, and I lost about sixty pounds. Um, not even going to the gym, just because I was drinking so much. And once I would, you know, be drunk or have a good buzz, I'd want to eat something. You know, I'd want a snack. I'd go to Jack in the Box or whatever drive-through was close. And this that those habits were even being a negative effect on my family because now I'd bring home junk food for them. You know, my wife was gaining weight. And it was just not healthy overall. Um, but like I said, I, I lost some weight and at least now I was sober. You know, I was more present with my family and being able to remember what I said or what I did. Uh, and then I, um, so I promoted, I passed my apprenticeship. Now I'm a high voltage cable splicer journeyman, more responsibilities. And I mean, work was good. Paychecks were steady and, but still I had this, this huge lack of confidence because my weight, um, like I said, after I lost 60 pounds, I kind of gained some back because I was doing like a fad diet where I would starve myself through the day, then I'd come home and gorge on all the food. So I ended up gaining some weight back. I, I was about two, 265 pounds for a few years. And when my wife and I were going to have our 15-year wedding anniversary, um, we, we had planned a really big party because when we got, first got married, we just eloped. There was nobody there. There was a few people there, but it was not what we had really envisioned. But we were in love, you know. We just wanted to get married and be together. And uh, so when we had our 15 year wedding anniversary, she says, look, if we're going to have this big old party, we both should look good. We should look good for our pictures. We should look good for, for our families. So we joined a, a weight loss boot camp, and I lost quite a bit of weight there. I lost about 80 pounds. I went from 260 to 180, 185 pounds. And she lost a significant amount of weight. And, you know, the confidence was great. It, looking looking better, you feel better. Uh, she, she, same thing for her. And what, what I learned from there was, you know, meal preparations, how to put together workouts. Um, but what I really gained was, was the discipline, you know, the discipline and the consistency. Because uh, I would get up in the morning, I would get up at 3.15, 3 in the morning, go to the first gym session which was at four o'clock and then i'd go to work i'd still work nine hours 12 hours and meal prep and come home and do it all over again um it was just it was a way i mean it was more exhausting sometimes but the results from these habits that i had now put into my life were it was a huge benefit um, because before when i was drinking and i was overweight I would have constant heartburn. My wife would tell me I would wake up in the middle of the night not breathing. 
And with a commercial license, you have to do a physical checkup every two years. And, you know, the doctors were telling me, you know, we're going to pull your license. You're too overweight. You're, you're telling us you're waking up in the middle of the night. That's, that's sleep apnea. But I would never go to the doctors and officially get anything um, said, yeah, you know, you need a sleep, a CPAP machine, or I would never get blood work. I would avoid the doctors because I knew that they were going to tell me all the bad news because of my healthy, uh, my health habits. So once my wife finally got us into that boot camp and we lost the weight, it was just a new way of life. You know, it was a new way of life. That was my new addiction really was the work, the workouts, um, the feeling Honestly, the feeling that you get once you you think, man, I can't do it. I'm too tired. I'm too sore. But then you get up and you push yourself and you get through that workout and you have that that sense of pride, a sense of accomplishment, right? It builds your confidence and you feel like nothing can nothing can bring you down. Working out early in the morning, it just you get the hardest part of your day done. You're not thinking about it the rest of the day, like trying to find a reason to talk yourself out of it. You know, I'm too tired after work or I have to go do this or run errands, get up early, knock it out. And I, I still that to still do that to this day, you know, um, for that fact. And the fact that when I come home after work, you know, my family needs me, you know, my wife is, she's still a stay at home mom, very blessed, very lucky that she doesn't have to work. And, and she, she puts in a, more work than I do sometimes, you know, I, every day. I honestly, I tell her that. Uh, there was been times where she would be sick or like recently she went on vacation uh, to her friend's house for a week and I had to stay home and drive the kids here and there and cook dinners and shopping and cleaning and laundry, man. It, it's exhausting. Um, and I give her the utmost respect and adorations every day you know i try to tell her baby you're killing it you're doing an awesome job um and so just over two years ago uh, i was in another work accident and that's kind of where everything just turned you know i was uh i was already on my health journey i was i was building a good amount of muscle and I was still at the gym that I had started with. I had been there going there for, this is probably three years, going on three years. And um, I got in a work accident and I didn't listen to my conscience. Again, I let my ego get in the way of what my conscience was telling me was right. We didn't follow certain work procedures and the communication between my partner and I was non-existent. Total communication breakdown. And I, uh, we ended up, it's called a cross phase when you get two different power lines. So there's the power lines, there's three of them. And when you put them together and if they're the same, they flow just fine. But if you try and cross them, um, almost like the opposite sides of a magnet, right? They create that force. Well, the force, when you put these two different power, these two different phases together, it's explosive. It, it just blows up. And that's what we did. It was a six by eight little vault. And it, it burned me, it burned the hell out of me. Um, the, the circuit breaker that we were working on failed instantly. So 
when the circuit was supposed to shut off within a fraction of a second, it didn't. It kept burning for two full seconds, which doesn't seem like a long time. But, you know, when when the temperatures are reaching over 4,000 degrees and it's it's just melting porcelain and liquefying copper, um, it seems like a lifetime. You know, in those two seconds, I was having these conversations in my head, you know, asking myself questions like, why aren't you dropping down? Because I was standing up and it was about a foot from my face. And, and then I was thinking, like, why is this circuit not shutting off? And then I got to a certain point, you know, in these these very long two seconds and i i said man if this doesn't shut off soon you're gonna die down here and then right after i thought that everything went black Uh, the noise stopped the white light stopped and i was like shit this is it and then i felt this burning in my chest right from all the smoke inhalation and i was like oh man we're still here we're still here so i climbed out the hole and go to the hospital right away. And I went to, they send us to the burn ward. That's part of our procedures at work. If, if anybody gets burned, they send you to the emergency room first, uh, whatever near the, the nearest hospital is, just for, just to make sure you're stable, check your vitals. Um, and then they sent us to the burn ward. And I went to the burn ward and I showed up there and the doctor says, okay, well, you know, we're going to schedule you for some surgeries. We don't know how many, at least two, and we don't know how long you're going to be here yet. But it ended up being, I was there for 10 days. I had two skin graft surgeries. I had third degree burns on my face, um, basically all just here and a little bit of my neck. I had a full beard. I had a full beard. I had long hair and it just burned the whole beard away. The only thing that didn't get burned was my right above right where my eyes are because of my safety glasses um so that was uh sitting in the hospital room for for 10 days was it was something on the mental right on my mental on my mental health because i didn't have the support there of my wife full-time because of covid this was uh february 27th um 2021 and the the visiting hours were restricted because of COVID and it was only limited to one person. And there was no way my wife was going to give that up every single day. Um, she gave up two days of her visiting one for my mom and one for my dad, uh, but she wouldn't be able to show up until after 3 PM. So the whole day is just me and my self thought, you know, my thoughts, my, my regret, self doubt you know because i always thought i was a really safe worker and and here i am in the burn ward at the same hospital again um it just hit me this 10 years later you know 2011 and in 2021 it was 10 years later and i'm like man why didn't you didn't learn your lesson because when i first got into the first work the first work accident they were laying out the job and the way that they were going to make this connection, I was thinking that's really, there's another better option, but 
that was my subconscious but in, in my head you know and the, the front of my brain was like it they're not going to listen to you you know you're just an apprentice and, and that's what i was most mad about was because i didn't speak up mm -hmm. right uh, i didn't speak up on what i felt was right and i struggled with that my whole life you know having low level of self-confidence growing up as a teenager i was just like you know, nobody's going to listen to you or whatever it was. It was just, I think it was just a lack of confidence. And here I am again, 10 years later with those same self, self doubt. And I posted my, some of the photos um, to my Instagram page. Um, my Instagram is reps and double time. And I've had that for quite a while. I started that uh, before my accident just to show some um some workouts and to highlight the um the power line trade from the underground because there's lots of pages out there that highlight you know guys working on power poles and stuff like that but not really much that focus on the underground work which was my was my expertise uh, so i posted some photos on there and it got reposted by one of the bigger Instagram pages in the trade. And right away, I started getting all these messages. You know, I hope you feel better. People were asking questions about what voltage uh, we were working on, how many layers of FR clothing we had on, what, what other types of PPE we had on. Because we were wearing safety glasses, starting with that, face shield with the hard hat, uh, two layers of arc-rated clothing, which is supposed to help you in the in the case of Art Flash, uh, rubber gloves. So I was getting all these questions, and I answered every single one of them. You know, every single comment I would answer. And and then I I made a phone call to one of the other brothers that was there last night, and I kind of asked him like, "Hey man, how's how's everybody doing?" He goes, "You know, it's it's pretty somber. Everybody's glad you you guys are alive, first of all, um, but it just kind of sheds a whole new light on how." quickly things can go bad and he goes man because everybody always asks like danny like spencer got burned like nobody would have imagined it because like i said i was always trying to be the, the most safest guy ever. um so it was hard for everybody else to believe more than myself i guess but that's kind of when i had the realization like you know you can turn this into something positive answering all these questions uh you you could really help the trade out you can help everybody in your yard and in, in your department. So I didn't hold anything back. You know, I didn't hold anything back. But once I got home, um, I started having nightmares. You know, I would be asleep and then that white flash would, would pop in my head and I'd wake up like, I'm at home, I'm in bed. You know, you're not in that vault. You, 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 your chest isn't on fire. Um, and I would go into my garage and work out as my therapy. And I would do that for every day. I mean, still, that's still my therapy to this day. You know, it's going to the gym. It's, it's, it's a release, you know, it's a release of the anxiety, the self-doubt, the anger, you know, because we all hold these things, but we all you know, try and hide those or get rid of those 
mostly with negative habits. And the best one is to, to push yourself physically. Um, so that's what I did, but still, I still had, I was still dealing with all this self-doubt, this fear, cause I knew that I was going to have to go back to work because I didn't know anything else. You know, that's, that's what I do. Uh, so I finally called the employee's assistance program and I, I found a therapist and I went and I was, I would go every week. You know, when I first started going, I was going weekly and they were helping me get over the fears, right? Focus on the positive, giving me tools to try and bring my, um, my anxiety levels down. You know, if I was at work, you know, try these tools out and it helped. But what it helped more was with being open and honest. You know, it helped me not be fearful of speaking up and using my voice, um, which was I was already starting to do a little bit with my Instagram page, but verbally, you know, in closer proximity to people with, with my wife, especially, I mean, when I was drinking and it would cause problems, she would always bring, you know, Daniel, this is what's going on and this is how I feel about it. And I would just shut down, right? That was like my defense mechanism was just shut down. Don't say anything, avoid the conflict, right? But the more you avoid the conflict, the bigger it's going to get, right? Conflict avoided, conflict multiplied. And now after these sessions, I was, I was more open. I was more honest. And it was kind of like she didn't expect any of it. Uh, she was so used to me and the old habits that I was, I was shut down. I wouldn't engage in conversations, and our relationship just it got way better. You know, it got way better. And then after the gym, or I mean, from the continuous gym um, during my accident, I got even more muscle definition, and because I. I knew that that's what I needed. You know, I needed to continue on with my process, my daily process. And people were like, dude, you're not, you didn't go back to drinking. Did you because of the accident and this and that? And I already knew that was off the table. That was not even in my equation. Um, so people were asking me like, Daniel, what are you doing? You know, like you, because when I first started going to the gym, I, I lost weight, but I was like skinny. You know, people were asking me if I was sick and I go, no, it's just, you know, daily implementation of meal prepping, tracking my food and working out. But now it was, it was different because I was lifting more and I was eating more and I got a decent amount of muscle and people were asking me, what are you doing? And that's kind of when it hit me like, man, um, you can really help a bunch of people out. You know, people that are having these same problems that you had went through with, with alcoholism, with depression, low level of self-confidence, body transformation. Uh, but I didn't know how to train anybody. I didn't know how to coach. So I found a coach, you know, I found a, a, another life coach and, and he had showed me his process. You know, I invested in myself for the first time in my life. Um, you know, I never really joined or bought into a program that was going to work on any sort of self-development for myself. And here I was, I, I paid, I paid this coach. And, um, at, at first I wasn't getting any client, 
you know, and people are like, dude, what are you doing? Like, um, you wasted your money. But still, I was, he, he was telling me how to post on Instagram, what to post. And I was getting a lot more followers and I was getting a lot more messages. People telling me, you're an inspiration. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being open, for being honest. And I told, uh, I told one person, one family member, I said, you know what, even if I don't make a dollar back, I said, the feeling that I'm getting from helping these people out, it's filling my heart, you know, and that's, 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 that's what it's all about. Right. Um, so I was being paid that way. And to me, it was like, this is karma given back to you because I always, I would always treat people like crap, you know, growing up because I wasn't happy about myself. I wasn't happy that, you know, my parents split up. I wasn't happy about the way I was treating myself. So I would try and bring other people down to my level instead of trying to elevate myself up to theirs. Right. And, and I elevated my life, you know, and I started getting more clients and I started helping people lose weight and overcome anxiety and self doubt and low levels of confidence. You know, some of, some of the best wins as, as a coach are, you know, hearing one of my clients say, yeah, man, um, you know, I got rid of all my alcohol. I I haven't drank in three months. Or, you know, my, my energy level's up. I have this new sense of life that I haven't had in a while. Um, those are greater than the, you know, than watching the numbers on the scale drop. You know, you're giving people their life back. You're extending their life. You're, ex you're elevating their self-worth and their happiness. And, and that's, and that's where we're at now, you know. Um, I still get up, I go to work, blue collar union worker, and you know I, I coach people and and I help fulfill their lives, and that's one of the best feelings that I have. You know, work is is very rewarding. Um, you know, we have power outages and we get called out to the job and we have to troubleshoot it and put things together and. You know, you, you close the switch in and you can hear the whole neighborhood cheering and, and yelling and you know, yeah, man, we, we did it. You know, we, we got, we, that's one of the, the most rewarding jobs for my trade. Um, but then getting messages from people and saying, Hey man, dude, I, I don't drink anymore. You know, I, I've lost 15 pounds. People that aren't even my client, you know, they're just following me. They, they, they mimic, they mimic my process. Um, because I'll get on my Instagram page and I show my get up time. I post a workout every day. I post what I eat, you know, at least one meal a day with, with the macros on there. And, you know, I, and I, I try and get on there and, and say some motivational stuff or whatever I'm feeling, you know, so it's all from the heart and, you know, I, I don't hardly get any hate, you know, but there's haters, you know, every now and then I'll get somebody you know, this guy thinks he's this or he's that. And I'm like, you know what, man, you know, if it's not for you, then you can always unfollow. Right. But, <laughs> uh, but I've, I've got, yeah. So, I mean, it's been great. You know, it, there was a time when I was at work, when I got back to work, I was going around with the safety section. Once they had finalized the investigation for my accident, and I was going to all the safety meetings. They would have my presentation. 
slideshow with photos, what went wrong. And then I would get up and speak. And I would just, I would go over that night. I would talk about where my frame of mind was, what I know I did wrong, and what helped me afterwards, right? Because in, in my trade, it's very macho, right? Lots of egos. Um, and to, to hear somebody up, get up there and first of all, admit, you know, admit, take, take that accountability. Yeah, I did this. This was my fault. And that's exactly what I did. I took full accountability for, for what happened to myself and to my partner. You know, he got third degree burns also. Um, and after every meeting, uh, I would get at least two people come up to me and say, hey, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate the bravery. appreciate the honesty. Um, you're really gonna, you really got me thinking about the way I do my job. And that's what I give. You know, that's what I give on my Instagram. You know, because we need more of that. You know, we, we need more, hey, man, this is what I did. This is what I used to do. This is how it made me feel. This is what I did to change it. And this is how I feel now. You know, and I know you guys feel like that because I see it. You know, I've lived it. But all it has to do, all you have to do is just have that little shift of, you know, a little bit more confidence. Go out there and give it a shot. You know, you might be scared at first because you're afraid, you're afraid of failure. And with that failure might come a sense of humiliation. You know, but if you don't take that shot, you know, you're, you're missing, you're missing a whole nother level of what you have inside, you know? Um, and I, I tell, I say that on my, on my Instagram, it's like, you know, people, people send me messages and they go, bro, you're an inspiration, but I just don't have the time or I don't know what to do. And I go, well, you know, you, you message me and I, I'll show you the way I show you the way every day. Right. Um, let's make you that inspiration, right? If you have a story where you changed these habits or you had a body transformation, I'm pretty sure there's people in your family that need that little glimmer of hope and, and they can say, yeah, if he did it, I could do it. You know, if, if he was full of doubt and then he finally took the steps to create the person that he, he wants to be, I could do the same thing. And people ask me all the time, like, dude, like, like you, had, you had mentioned earlier, you know, um, what time do you go to bed? You know, I, I go to bed after 10 o'clock. Most nights I go to bed after 10 o'clock because I, I go to work and most of the days I'll work overtime. I'll come home and I have three teenagers. I have three teenagers. I've been married 19 years. I have a family that I need to nurture. I have, you know, problems that I have to hear. And I have to be a father, I have to be a husband, I have to be a counselor. And, you know, then I still have to maybe meal prep or m message people on, on my Instagram, you know, take care of my clients' needs. So I'm, I'm, I'm in bed late and then I get up early because that's the time that I have for myself is early in the morning before work. Um, so I get up at 2, 2.45 because that's, that gives me enough time to get in my reading, my journaling, 
like a protein shake or something quick to to eat before my workout, and then I go to work out. Gives me just enough time to get to work and do my best there, and then do it all over again. And people are like, dude, aren't you tired? Man, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter if you're tired. What matters is is how much you show up. You know, when people need you, do you show up or or do you make excuses? You know, do you let that call go to ignore or do you answer it? You know, and I, I, I answer every single time. You know, I answer every single time because there was a time where I didn't. I wouldn't answer the phone. You know, I wouldn't answer. I wouldn't answer the call from above. Like, this is what you need to do. You know, you need to speak up and tell them that we can do this job safer. You know, you need to speak up and say, you know what? Um, we're not following procedures today. We need to change our game plan here at work. Um, and then you wouldn't have got burned, you know. So that's where I was going with this. When we were going through the safety meetings, I was going to the safety meetings, and I had this realization, like, because I would sit there and watch the, the presentation over and over again, and my chest would be beaten out of my heart because I'd, I'd relive all this, you know, these fears, this anxiety that night, the accident, the surgeries, you know, the sleepless nights in the hospital, the constant breathing treatments. And, um, and I would try and play all these scenarios out about what if you would have did this or what if you would have said that, you know, this would have never happened. And then it was just like, you know what, man, this was supposed to happen. You know, this is just a part of your timeline. This is, um, you needed this. And that's when all that just stopped, you know, once I just accepted it and I realized I'm going to use this for, for the best, you know, now I was trying to find the silver lining and everything, you know, whatever bad happens, if, you know, like sometimes, so I take the train to work and uh, sometimes I miss the train because I get out of the gym a little late. And I'll, I'll go park the car and I see the train leaving. And I think I start getting mad and I'm like, man, maybe you weren't supposed to be on that train. Right. Um, maybe you're supposed to drive to work and drive home because you'll get home a little quicker. And maybe somebody at the house might need you for another 20 or 30 minutes. Um, so that's what I was trying to do now, man. You, you know, to find the positive and all the negative. You know, how can I turn this around? So I'm not dealing with the anger or the anxiety of what goes wrong. <laughs> and wow. It just makes life easier. <laughs> you know, Daniel, I, what a journey. And, uh, you know, I've been quiet and you, you, you know, you've covered a lot. Of, I mean, I, I, you know, you covered almost every question I would have asked, but, uh, but, but really, um, I want to thank you first of all for sharing and, and, and really going through it. I mean, uh, uh, my shows are unique in a way that, uh, you know, most people are like, why well, you haven't even talked yet? Well, there's nothing to talk about. You were doing the talking and, and, and the validity and, and, and the, the meat of the discussion were already there. But but yeah. I first of all, there's so much stuff that you've covered. So I want to just take, uh, you know, a breakdown on things, you know, just to clarify and also just to highlight some of the things yeah. that happen in your journey. One, going back to your onset, like in childhood, right? There is there's a component there that is important that is happening in society today every day, and um, you've actually turned that point around. And I'll, I'll explain. 
you grew up where your parents separated. And that is something that is happening every day now. The rate of divorce is even more than ever, right? And which means it caused, we don't realize the damage that does. And what it does is that you'll have children who probably will rebel, will have these these issues, and therefore they go and drown, you know, drown themselves into bad habits or bad clicks of 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 crowds and you know uh, entourage, and then ultimately that leads to you know a very difficult road ahead and potentially a disastrous road. And and you've lived that life. And by the way, and the reason I'm highlighting this because. If you are out there as a couple, and you know we do have you know different shows, we just had a show about resilient relationships. You know, if you decide to be a couple, if you decide to have a relationship, well, understand that if you have children now, there is ramifications of all your actions. And by the way, I congratulate you because as you found your mate and your wife, uh, which by the way you commended, you know, very well during this this stuff, so she'll be happy. <laughs> but but really, you you've done almost the opposite of where you were when you were a child and you're trying to build the right family settings for your children and your wife. And I love the idea that she's, you know, you stated something very interesting that maybe build like, ah, really stay mom home. Well, you're right. It is a lot more work than you think folks. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done, especially if you have kids and teenagers and, and you have to make things happen for them and be prepared. So whether you work at the office or you work at home is still working. It's sometimes more difficult. And you gave the best example that when you stayed a week vacation there, that was a lot more work than you. See, at job, you know what to do. You go on, you have different tasks, you get it done. At home, he's all over the right. place. Drive me here, drive me there, do this, cook, you know, that, this, that, I got to go to play here. It becomes very difficult. Most people don't realize it. But the point I'm trying to make is really, if we decide to be in a relationship, let's hopefully, you know, have the right one. Let's commit to it. Let's make it work. Now, of course, I'm not telling you what to do, folks. That's up to you. But yeah. understand that your um, input in this world, you know, drives some of the futures, you know, uh, events. Or the, you know, and, and literally, you got very lucky when you got pulled over with that pound of drug or weed. You know, I mean, yeah. drugs, I mean, we <laughs> step out of it. Same category. You know, that cop, yeah. and that's another thing I want to just highlight here is that uh, you got lucky because some you could have gotten someone that would have booked you that day. And everything else that ever happened after this today would have been a different, you know, outcome. It would have been a whole yes. different. Outcome. So that's another thing that, you know, uh, out there, folks, you know, sometimes, you know, if there's a child or there's someone that's lost, you know, let's cut a break to someone. Obviously, if it's extreme, if it's dangerous, it's a different story. You were just, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this, dumb at the time. <laughs> you yeah. know, as as plenty of kids, we all, at that age, we all kind of like not really in the best shape of forming our brains, right? So we do right. things that are really not appropriate. You know, we don't think that there is a risk because we don't know better. And then, you know, but you got lucky. You want to say something on that one? Just go for it. Yeah, so there was actually two cops there that night. And um, when I got pulled over and I, um, it's a deeper story, but just to cut to that part, um, you know, they searched my car and they found it. And my dad, who's, who's retired law enforcement, he always told me, just be honest. If you ever get stopped at a cop store, just be honest. So he asked, you know, what are you doing all this? And I said, I sell it. And he goes, I don't think you understand the severity of your answer here. He goes, transporting intent to sell. He goes, that's a lot of jail time. Or do you just buy a bunch of weed because you don't want a nickel and diamond smoke your friend or you know you party with friends i go that's exactly what it is he yeah gave he gave me an out and um he was a vet and the rookie that he was with he goes he's a drug dealer 
you know, we need to take this guy off the street. We need to book him. He needs to pay, you know, he needs to face his consequences. And the vet was like, you know what, man, he's trying to be honest with us. You know, he, he, he's got a clean record. He's a young kid. You know, we're going to let him go home that night. Well, you see, but yeah. well, that's thank you for clarifying. I mean, and by the way, not not the rookie mistake. The rookie was doing it by the book. He's new, yeah. and he is excited about taking crime on the streets. So again, I'll commend his his behavior. But with expert with 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 experience and expertise comes wisdom, and 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 that 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 other you know veteran police officer had you know the experience to know that better that I don't want to have another child or young teenager in well actually at that man, I mean system. 19 year old a young man you know into the system and then <clears> that <throat> life is yeah. destroyed and yet so literally today you your family your kids almost I would say owe it to him because he could have turned everything bad upside down you would have not have the life you have today and you're not contributing yeah. today to what you know what you're doing right now by by sharing your life, by helping others, by inspiring and motivating others. So that's that's an extreme you know piece of the discussion that that you went lightly on, but it's really a big deal for if you're watching and listening. If you can make a difference in somebody's life and you can cut a break and you have the authority to do that. Now, ultimately, you I'm not recommending that if you're someone that is that is bad and it's really a bad apple, you know, not to to clean them up and to take care right. of business properly. But, you know, use common sense, use appropriate, you know, judgment. And I'm not, you know, giving you an advice on how to op operate out there. But, you know, sometimes you can make a difference in somebody's life, good or bad. And you can make a difference in the future family. You can make a difference in a lot of things. You know, I mean, I can just imagine every bad scenario that could have happened had you gone to that, you know, jail that night. You know, everything that happened would have been completely off and maybe worse yeah, at that point. You know, sit, sitting in the back of that cop car in handcuffs, hearing these two officers decide my future, it was scarier than sitting in front of that ball of fire. It was scarier than waking up after those surgeries. It honestly was because while I was sitting in the back of that cop car, you know, I was already trying to put inside my head, what am I going to have to do to survive in prison? Because I, I was like, dude, you're going to face two, a couple of felonies. You know, at that point, marijuana was, it was still, it was not decriminalized. Um, I think about that a lot, you know, just like to your point, you know, um, my life would have been totally different. Absolutely well, different. Well, listen, whoever that, that guy was, you know, we'll thank him here and, and anyone like him who actually yeah. makes a call that, that actually changes you know, somebody's life for the better. And there are people out there, there are a lot of vets, you know, out there that understand you know, to your point, you were not lying. You you were you came through. You can clean, and he realized you were just trying to live that world and maybe make a buck, and you know that's it. And and again, that's, that's really what it was. But but yeah. you had, and again, it, it is still. This is what I started the conversation. The fact of the matter is, a relationship has you know progeny, and progeny decides to live and survive, and then the next thing you know, they go about bad decisions because there's no role model. There's no nothing yeah. i mean and, and 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 again you're in california marijuana is big and back in the days you know it was even you know fun and it's easy i mean that's a quick way to make money as well as, as a teenager especially you know uh well not teenager i mean uh, you're an adult man but but at that age you're still young enough that it, yeah. you don't know better you're just going to make moves so that that's another thing that you know thank you know that we i wanted to address uh then then you went to an apprenticeship well at least you know a career path you know you 
I guess college was not your thing, but that's the other thing. Uh, your work, the work you do is needed. As a matter of fact, we do yes. applaud when there is a blackout and we have finally our electricity back. I mean, we can't, I mean, we can't have this show without electricity, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the importance, I mean, for the work you do. And, um, it is a dangerous job. I, I can tell you one thing. I, I do not mess with electricity. I, I got zapped a couple of times. I mean, not, not high voltage, just outlet, you know, zap, but, but you know, that, that thing goes in like, you know, your heart, you know, almost like, you know, goes crazy in, in, in a oh, split yeah. second. And a second of, of that is more than, than eternity at the time, right? And so I, I, I like I tell my my wife, and when something breaks in the house that is electric, I can't touch it. That's one thing. I mean, I shut the switches and make sure everything right. is done. I still are afraid of touching anything. <laughs> so it is a difficult, you know, job that you do, and it is very tough, you know, and dangerous. Uh, and I was going to ask you, like, you know, what what do you do? But really laying down these these hours, if you don't know what you're doing, even with all the equipment that you have, there's always a high risk. I mean, it is a risky job and it pays. But but again, yeah. it comes with a heavy, heavy burden. So I want to go also back about the idea that you've drowned yourself over the years with alcohol and all the stuff. And that um, yeah, wasn't a good thing. But you met someone that actually converted all that. And that was your wife. And yes. He, she really worked with you and was there for you and helped you go through this. And eventually you weirded out of it. Uh, not only that, you gained back your, your personal, you know, your, your health, your, both of you, you gained everything back, yeah. you know, and became a better role model for your own kids. Again, now you have, you are given the foundation for a new generation that has the, the mom and the dad in, in the household and working together as a unit and teaming up to try to give them the best uh, you are providing and so on and so forth. Now, uh, now that takes me to the next discussion topic, which is the risk and the electrocution, as well as the, the, the high, uh, I guess, I guess the accident, the second accident. I know I've seen the pictures and by the way, they they, they look scary when you see them. I mean, uh, if anyone has experienced a third degree burn, they wouldn't know what a burn is. I mean, it is no picnic. As as a matter of fact, you know, people say, well, what do you know, Hurricane? I actually, I did get a third degree burn uh, wow. where my, my, literally my skin melted. Uh, literally wow. just, it was boiling water by mistake. I, I put it on my chest <laughs> and a whole piece just came off. Wow. I mean, literally like it just that bad. And so, so I can tell you, uh, I spent the night, you know, uh, with with patches, I was vomiting. It was just fever the whole night, and it was just a small burn. That's not a heavy burn or a, an explosion that is with high voltage. So I can tell you, it's not fun. If you burn just your finger or something, you know the difference. But when your skin comes off, it's a whole different stuff. And the more the more skin is out, the more you have a problem. So that's pretty graphic, folks. But really, just again for those critics out there. Uh, I know exactly what I'm talking about because I've been there, and you know, just the thought of it, you know, gets gets to to your you know your brains a little bit and get excited about. It. So, so that was like a really brutal thing. And and again, I know that when you have to review these things in your mind, it's like whoa. I, and and again, you you cut a couple of breaks over life, and uh, there's a reason for that. And the reason is that you're taking all this and helping others not to fall into the same places whether it's your original stuff whether it's how to get healthier and physically fit and family fit and also like how to be also responsible 
at work and especially in, in any position, by the way, you're supposed to be accountable, responsible, but in high risk positions where there is a live threatening situations like such as yours, that's even more, you know, more. And I, I admire the fact that you said that you stood up and you took accountability. You made a mistake, which can happen. I mean, you are underground. I mean, you're working with lights and things can happen. And the other thing is the first accident. You were not able, you were, you thought you were new, novice. You could not speak up to these guys that had more experience. Yeah, you notice yeah. something bad. Speak up. What's the worst that can happen, right? They could have said, shut up. You're new. You don't know what you're talking about. At least you would have had yeah. the, the satisfaction that you made that comment, but you didn't. It burns. <laughs> you know, you like, know, how many um, of us have that problem, right? <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, I try to post a quote, an inspirational quote on my Instagram every day, and there's one that stuck out with me. I think it was Confucius. He said, uh, a, um, somebody that doesn't ask a question is a fool. Somebody who asks a question is a fool for a minute. Somebody that doesn't ask a question is a fool for life. All right. Well, I guess I guess we just posted right now on the on the, on the show. <laughs> it is pretty. Yeah, I might, I mean, I might have chopped deep. it up a little bit, but yeah. No, no, but but right, listen, uh, message received. I mean, it is pretty deep. But you're right. I mean, you you could be a fool for a minute, or you could be a fool for eternity. Uh, and yeah. you know, you can. I mean. Uh, it's 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 a powerful thing. Like you got to speak up when you can, and because you, by speaking up, sometimes you make a difference. You can help someone not fall into that mistake, and you know you don't want to wait until it's too late because it's too late. I mean, sometimes there is no coming back. I mean, you're lucky you were able to get you know your life back, and you know a couple of surgeries. And by the way, surgery is not picnic. Ten days in the hospital. And again, you, I'm sure you had all the different questions. Am I going to come out with this? How's going to be? What's the outcome? Am I going to lose yeah. my features? I'm sure that all these yeah. things, I mean, especially when you have burn to your face, I mean, that is looking at the picture. It, it, it's, you know, you would think that that's, that's, I'm by the way, you look good. So what, what they did a great job <laughs> yeah. because, because that, that, that picture actually would, 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 if you saw it for the first time, you'd be like, oh, this person is completely toast. I mean, it's I mean, no pun intended, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's going to be, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to have some fun there, right? <laughs> but, you know, but really think about it, folks, right? It is a difficult place to be. And so uh, it, it is, and every single thing that you've experienced, Besides the physical aspect of it, there is a mental piece of it. And I still believe that the mental hardship is harder than the physical hardship any given day. Because you can you can surmount, you can fix your your physical stuff, but your mental state probably gets a lot more, you know, difficult burden. And it is also sometimes harder to actually get back from and therapy and stuff. That's the other thing that you took. You took the route of like eventually, let me grab the ego and dump it on in a you know dumpster and let me go. And get some of that out of my chest, which is again, it it helped because now you're back to where you were. You were able to actually get back to your. Uh, by the way, I have to get to admire your spouse because she's she's endured with you and uh, she was patient with you. I'm sure it was not picnic, but but she yeah. did. Uh, and and she's and, the and, best. and there you go. Let's see what she she deserves. All the kudos here in this show, and you know what? Just tell her. Yeah, Hurricane said that. <laughs> but but she she deserves it anyways. You 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 tell her enough and that, and you know it's public. So yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, just imagine, right? But really, that's the other thing. Like we're you're supposed to stand with each other no matter what, and things can get ugly. And some people leave and and just just turn their back, and some people stand by you all the time, and that's an important piece of your healing process that's important you know piece for you to to be better and when you see that you know people are not bailing on you you tend to to want to do more uh typically if people bail on you then you lose hope and it's over and you're like whatever you know 
whatever comes comes in and then then you get worse and probably will relapse in bad things and uh you know that would be another outcome we don't want so so it's it's amazing that every single thing that happened happened for a reason and then now you took it where you're on the road talking about this uh, you went, by the way, you, you said you invested in your own self to get, you know, a life coach to teach you, you know, how to get better and transform. And now you are making the transformation. As a matter of fact, listening to this show, I, I was listening to you for about 35 or 40 minutes. I forgot. It's a bit, it was a long, you know, piece, but, but really I can see the transformation from your, from your picture, from your, from your description of your life, a journey, right? From how you were to where you are today. And that in itself, just I even if even I, you don't have to tell, say anything to anyone, just listening to that, I can literally take a lot of that stuff and and hopefully want to change my life if that if that I needed to change. I, in fact, it, it is. I mean, I, I I'm telling you how it felt to me at least. And so so now you take that in with your inspiration, where you're showing how you do it, uh, with your activities, with your determination and willingness to actually move people and change them and inspire them and give them something, you know. And uh, you said something that's very important, like the satisfaction you had when you started doing this. It wasn't financial, but 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 it's beyond that because the financial will come eventually, and you'll find people that are willing to invest just like you did. But really, mm -hmm. you are still helping people. And if that's your mission, you know, that's beyond all the money. And mission is first, and then the money comes in to support the mission, which, by the way, we're not against that, actually. You know, you run a business. There's nothing wrong. Luckily, right. you still have your, your daytime, you know, so that's good, too. So, but, but the idea is that you're doing something because you're giving back. Uh, and I love what you said about, you know, now you have a different mindset, you know, in your approach. Positivity is your piece. You know, you go to a train, the train is gone. Well, you know, I was not meant to be on that train. I'm just going to find the best way. And that's, again, looking at all the stuff, the positivity versus negativity. Like, what is the outcome? You find a justification of every single event and justify it to the positive, meaning that you don't think the worst case scenario. You just think, like, well, I'm going to make the best out of this situation no matter what. And that's a different higher level of thinking and processing information and living i mean if 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 you can i actually believe in that you know i i make the joke i've made this joke many times on 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 the the shows is like even that you know has has positivity to it and most of us are afraid of it we're gonna go in a different world and hopefully we'll be in a better place i'm just saying that the idea is that you have to think about all the positive in every single scenario to continue yeah. living better lives the minute you start looking at the worst case scenario, the more you're going to have all the depression and anxiety and all the bad stuff, the stress, and all these things are going to affect your brain, your health, everything else, your family and society as a whole. So we have the power to change things. You talked about excuses such as time. Oh, I don't have time. And yeah, you, before we got the show, we were having a discussion of like, because you and I, we were talking about like 6 a.m., you know, uh, uh, show, uh, literally. And and by the yeah. way, for people that think it, it, it is early enough, you know, for, for, for uh, <laughs> you know, our guest today, uh, because that's the thing. Like, you know, you're on a Sunday early on. I mean, that's like, you know, dedication. And that's the thing. We always say we don't have time. We do have the time. We just how to manage our time. And yes, we have yeah. more hours during the day. And I get that question, like, well, how did you do all the things to do too? Well, I, I break it down. There's the seven days a week. There's 24 hours. I get my sleep too. I get all the stuff. But you got to find a way to do this. And yes, it's all good. And there is a point where you eventually going to rest better. So, But the idea is that you have to live up to it. And if it fulfills you, then that's all that yeah. matters. And, yep. and I, think, I think you live a fully fulfilled life right now. 
and you are a voice and you are not only helping your colleagues, you're also helping people in general in life. I mean, your story is everybody's, you know, story. Every one of us had a similar, you know, piece of this, maybe not one part of it or the other, but we all have things in our lives that are like bumpy sometimes, whether at a youth, you know, at a younger age or even at an old age, we all have, whether it's financial life, family relationships, we have some sort of, of, of a dilemma and it's how we cope. Even with internal, you know, internal Even sometimes internal. with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it is, listen, you've covered, I mean, almost every single thing that, that anyone would want to hear about. So now, but I do want to ask one question and this is a technical question. What would you tell people about safety with electricity? Cause that is, you know, like you said something about why didn't you drop? Now, I've heard this before yeah. when if there is, if you're caught into some sort of electrical stuff, you got to drop your, your your center. Is that a technical, you know, process? Sometimes you can't, you know, with low voltage, you know, like voltages in the house, your your muscles will just seize up. Um, oh. And you, you ended up, like, you can just end up just holding on. Um, you know, call a professional. Okay. Call, call somebody <laughs> that's it. licensed. Call somebody that's trained. There you go. You know, don't so, don't watch the YouTube don't videos. Don't think you can handle it. No. Don't risk it. Uh, you no. know, I, I I'll tell you. I actually I was a kid and I remember this like yesterday. And you know, people may say like, "Well, this dude is always coming up with these these third party stories." <laughs> and by the way, these are real stories. And that's the thing. You don't know how much you've experienced in life until you really start talking about it. And yeah. you know, I have witnessed you know, somebody that died, you know, to electricity. Uh, I, I didn't see him die, but I, I heard him scream. And then he was literally, you know, I, it was my neighbor. We heard the scream, you know, and he got electrocuted when he was taking a shower or something. And he was dead, literally. I mean, they, you know, and I remember I was a kid and I saw him the same morning and then at night they were taking him out in the stretcher, you know, wow. uh, dead. So I can tell you, I've seen that, you know, again, and I've, shared two different stories about, you know, things that I've seen in my life and, and everybody's seen a lot of different things in their life. We just don't put them one on one together, but sometimes it is so electricity, you know, it is not a picnic. It's not easy. Uh, you know, electricity, water, I mean, all these things are dangerous when you don't yeah. know how to mess with them, you know, don't mess with, <laughs> don't, don't right. get involved, get the experts. Right. Uh, and I yeah. love it. Thank So that's, that's exactly, but listen, this is what you do. You are, you know, it. and even you as an expert, you can still make a mistake and it could be very, you know, pricely, right? Absolutely. So, so imagine someone who doesn't and think like, oh, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to man up to this and make it work. Right. Don't. Right. And, you know, it's, it's for your own safety and, and, you know, uh, that's it. So thank you for that. So I, I needed to ask that question because I've always wondered about like how you guys handle all that high power stuff. I mean, is it yeah. even, and, and that, the way it sounds is like this stuff is live. It's not even like, you know, yeah. you actually operate in a live environment. It's not like, you know, you shut down the circuit and stuff because yeah. that, that's, that's, that's like the most <laughs> crazy stuff because you, you know, like you think that you shut up a grid and, or a portion of it, a block or two, and you do your whip business, but it seems right. like, you know, you are always operating in, in live mode, which is very different. Yeah. A lot of times we are, you know, especially up on the poles a whole lot. We, we work it live. We just wear rubber gloves. We cover everything with, you know, protective blankets and, and, you know, we get in it and that's why it's, that's why it's such a badass job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, well, I, I, you know, I want to commend everyone that does the work that you do, because I mean, without you guys, we nothing literally, I mean, think about it. We live in a society that is attached to power and electricity. And so, yeah everything that we're on right now 
we're running through electricity. If we don't have, I mean, you know, we're going back to the, uh, I guess, the old age of of candles and <laughs> and yeah. uh, and you know, and even those. I mean, you can still get a risk of fire. So there's always a risk, but but you know, it's amazing that we cannot live without the work that you do. And and so thank you for doing that. Uh, and then you put in your, I mean, again, you, the fire department folks, you know, the law enforcement, I mean, you know, yeah. army, everybody that's out there that is putting their life at risk here you know, so we can have a piece of, of life and enjoy it. And sometimes we take it for granted. I mean, you're yeah. not the only accident that happened. I'm sure there's plenty and people lose their lives just like we hear about it in, in the news sometimes. And, you know, until you actually experience it close by, you don't know uh, how to really thank, you know, those folks. So say thank you. I mean, for the work that people yeah. are doing around you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, yeah, so you, you, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. You were going to, it seemed like you were going to touch on that earlier, but, you know, not college isn't for everybody. You know, oh, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. wasn't for me. And, you know, having the skills of learning these trades is a very, very great way for people that don't know what to do. If the college isn't for you, seek a trade out, you know, because once you, once you, you gain a skill, you can go work anywhere because everybody's going to need these skills, well, these, these trades, you know, I want to say something you know, to that effect. And maybe some people will, will say, hurricane, you don't know what you're talking about, but let me say this, you know, what is a skill going to college? Just teach you a different set of skills. You're, you yeah. learn a different set of skills. It's just a different way. You went to school, yeah. you went to, you know, an apprenticeship. That's, that's as many you know, hours and, and years to put in to actually become good at what you do. And I know that's, that's, you have to put thousands of hours and it, you know, like and, and electricity and plumbing takes to even get a license. You can even get a licensed plumber or electricians these days without putting a lot of, it takes a lot of skills to do that and, and time and it's highly paid. So, so folks, uh, college is just one way of finding yourself. Some people start entrepreneurship right away. Some people have to go through the standard routine of a, a formal college education. By the way, education here right. does not mean you are not intellectual or you have you know knowledge. We have plenty of knowledge access. Formal education, because that's a system, and then you have to go because if you go to you put your resume, they want to have that. But if you have a trade skill like yours, and then you go into a, a union concept, and now you, you're in demand. I mean... Uh, if if people don't realize how much it costs to have an electrician, you know, try to have a problem in your home and you'll figure out how easy, how yeah. expensive that's going to be to actually just discover that it is not cheap, but, but you're right. So and thank you for bringing that. Cause I, I kind of wanted to bring that, that point and I skipped it for a minute. But so, but really it is, again, I am not, uh, I am for education, but I'm also for anything that suits you. Meaning that yeah. if your vocation, if your what you want is not really just to get to that, but you have the ability to do skills with your with your hands, you know, and and you have the ability, th that's also passion and things that attach to it, and you like that, fine. I mean, and we do need everybody in this world. You know, we don't need just you know doctors and lawyers and stuff because who's going to fix our cars? Who's going to put our electricity yeah. in, in 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 the grid? Who's going to do? All the different things. I mean, we have peoples that are, you know, people that are actually doing different things, you know, um, and jobs that are all mandatory needed. When you have a tire problem, <laughs> you, you don't go to a doctor, right? You got to go somewhere that's going to be right. able to fix it if you can't fix it, right? And I'm just a simple example. But that's the thing. Like, you know, you got a clogged, you know, shower or something, you know, you might try to dabble with it, but sometimes you got to get an expert to do that. And that's the thing. Like, these are not things that, you know, you might go to school. I, I know people who go, who go to college and still do the trades because they feel better in, in the trade. Yeah. So it's yeah. not that there's nothing to be ashamed for folks about. Yeah. And, and really, 
we have to be proud that, you know, it is great that people have different skills and we all kind of in this society come up with our own expertise. Some people can talk, some yeah. people can do, some people can paint, some people can, you know, build, you know, houses. I mean, you, you need construction people, right? You know, they, you know, some of these folks may not have a degree. Doesn't mean that they're yeah. not building these skyscrapers that you, are, or, you know, in the corporate world can enjoy sometimes, right? So, yeah. you know, you, you, when you think about it, we all need each other. And we don't need to judge it anybody for what they do. We have to respect everybody's, you know, skills, and thank them for it. And I think that's that's a beautiful thing. I mean, it, yeah. to, to each his own. You you have the ability to go one way, and that's where you find yourself. Go for it. Listen, you know, as a parent, you have a picture that how you want your kids to be, and you see them. But at the end of the day, even that, you know, when your kids decide on what they want, they're probably going to do a better thing than you can think about. Because if you force them in the wrong alley or wrong place, they're just not going to thrive. But if they do, or if you passion, show them, right? If you show them with your habits, like your habits or their habits, whatever you do, you know, yeah, they're going to yeah. pick up. Well, again, yeah. that's one way. But but sometimes they, Dad, I don't want to be like you. I want to do my own thing. Yeah, right? you hear a lot of that, right? But yeah, I'm talking about we're... the negative, the negative habits. But, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that could be just just as bad. Well, you know, right. what I noticed on the contrary, sometimes people resist. If I see my dad in a bad place, sometimes I feel like I want to be the opposite because I don't want to experience that. And you have that also. There's that that school of There's mentality. There's two ways two, of learning. Two right? ways of learning. Yeah. Some people are re yeah. rejecting that behavior. Some people they're just like, ah, oh, that's all I know, and then they like yeah. that concept. So, but at the end of the day. Uh, from from a vocation, from a uh, skillful stuff, I would say that you know when your kids pick whatever they prefer, they'll probably thrive better. Uh, you know, not what you yeah. select from them. I mean, because uh, right. you know, everybody like when when you're a parent, you want them to have this career path, this that, but but you're forcing them into a road that they may not be happy about, and eventually they're not going to be. So it won't allow be fulfilling. Them, exactly, allow them to do this stuff. Now, obviously, if they're going in the wrong path. That's your job as a parent to change that. You know, we, we're not, by the way, we're not saying this. Let's be clear. We want people to yeah. be thriving and successful, not going to the wrong guy. As a matter of fact, this show is about positivity, about, you know, getting better and, you know, and, and really mindset and inspiration and stuff, not, the, you know, to tell you to, to, to do bad things. But uh, it's really about you being enlightened and motivated and really thrive and give back into society and be a good member of society where it's positive and you really contribute yeah. in, into whatever we do and whatever we need in this world. Yeah. So, uh, well, you Absolutely. know, we've got, we've covered a lot of grounds, dude. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, we've, we've exceeded our hour, but, but you, and you've covered quite a bit. So, so what is a couple of things? One is what would be your message today for our audiences um, beyond what we discussed and two is how can people reach out to you to to I guess benefit from your expertise and, and your life coaching I think first um, you know listen to your conscience you know you, you're being called into certain actions and certain things every day you know if if you have something you regret that's what you need to change first if you have certain regrets about yourself that's what you need to change and and then just be kind to other people like you said you know um when I started coaching, I didn't have clients, but I knew I was making a difference. And you will be rewarded, right? In the long run, you will be rewarded, you know. Um, and do it without the expectation of getting something in return, right? Because if you if you go into it expecting to get rewarded or expecting to make a bunch of money, it's never going to come to you because you're not in it for the right reason. You know, 
Um, but with that, yeah, I mean, my Instagram is probably the best the best way to get a hold of me right now. Uh, reps period and period double time. And oh, Daniel Spencer, it's um, you know, I'll be on there. I post every day. I post a workout. I post you know some some self talk. I post my family. You know, I, I go through it. You know, I I try and highlight um the positives and and the negatives. You know, because like you said, that night um, I pushed the ego aside. The ego burned away you know it burned with those layers of my skin that night and i learned a whole lot about myself from that and you know open honesty openness honesty transparency you know that's what i have to offer you know i'm i'm that's what i that's what i have to offer as as a coach that's what i have to offer as a human and um but these are core these are core values and, and a great yeah. great offering to have you know out there and uh, uh listen i mean um you had you had a great, um, very interesting life, as many of us do, and I think everybody has some sort of a life that has some bumps, you know, on the road. It's just how we handle certain things, and sometimes, you yeah. know, we have things thrown our way to 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 make a difference in our lives. And uh, if we take the the bad and the ugly with the good, and I think there's more good that comes out of things. And again, it's all a mindset thing. And so you've taken all those bad, you know, punches and turned them into a positive. And some people yeah. can literally just drown with those and just, you know, get beat up, but but you haven't. And and you turned it to a way where you can benefit others as well. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally, you know, had fun with you, man, today. And, you know, like, I mean, you were going, I did not want to interrupt you because I really thought that you're, you're flowing and, and you've covered all the, you know, your, see, I have a thing about presentations. If someone is doing a full presentation, Allow them to finish your presentation. Then you can ask questions. Don't interrupt. <laughs> you okay. know, and, yeah. and in a way, I'm, I'm saying that at work, I, you know, in training, I, I tend to use that. And in even my show, sometimes, you know, we have a, an, an, a back and forth, but sometimes it, you're really in the zone. I want you to actually give it up because if I interrupt you, you might lose some some of that. So right. so it was perfect. I And, and then I, I was able to break it down anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, so some people like, you know, well, you just say a word, then well, there's you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. I mean, you're you're saying a lot of stuff. <laughs> that is I, I don't think it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't I even I don't even have to you were thinking like I wasn't talking. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, well, I'll just keep going if you're gonna jump in, but here we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, you were you were going until I mean we got, you know, all, all the whole picture, you know, the whole story and then and then broke it down. And I think we've we've covered also that angle well. So um, but yeah, I mean I had fun. You know, thank and, you, and thank, I, thank you for your flexibility, man, too. Because uh, uh, no, thank you, I appreciate it. Oh no, my pleasure. Rock and roll, dude. <laughs> right, like, let's uh, go, guys. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, well, listen, uh, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for being with us today and for bringing your your life with us and sharing it and your positivity. And folks, I hope that you've you've learned a thing or two, or or you can potentially use the benefits of this discussion today. And certainly if you do need, you know, an inspiration, you know, or, or, or hey, you know, reach out to Daniel and I'll, I'll post yeah. actually his Instagram link on the description of the show. So yeah, link up, you know, follow and, uh, and see what, where you can take it from there. That being said, I'm Hurricane Age. Uh, we'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic, new guests. Bye for now.
There's a lot of talk all over the Internet these days about the remarkable benefits of carbon-60, and baby boomers are especially excited about it. Whatever generation you're in, if you want more energy, better health, and a boost in vitality, we invite you to try Greska's Carbon-60, a stunning development in free radical destruction. Being much smaller in size than conventional antioxidants derived from fruits and vegetables, it is far more bioavailable to quickly mend the toxin-crippled cells in your body. Greska's Carbon-60 is the only C60 product that is made without the use of undesirable solvents. The only one. Greska's Carbon-60 was developed by a brilliant NASA carbon scientist and 95% report positive results from this Nobel Prize winning technology in just four days. Visit c-60.com. That's c-60.com or call 720-600-6040.